successful entrepreneurs don't make it to where they are today all by themselves. The goal of this segment is to dig deeper into the tricks and shortcuts that our guest entrepreneurs borrowed or stole to help propel them to their own successes. Join our host, Kent Lloyd, the director of Harmon Brothers University, as he asks his guests what they borrowed, or in some cases stole, to grow their business to success. It's the legal kind of stealing, by the way. Poop to Gold presents a brand new segment, Funny Business, hosted by Kent Lloyd. Welcome everybody to another week of Funny Business, which is a Poop to Gold podcast segment uh, with Harmon Brothers University. Uh, today I have with me Jan Seiner. Welcome, Jan. Wow, how are you today? I'm doing great, how about yourself? Fantastic. Uh, love to hear that. Okay, so Jan, before we dive into business and how we become better entrepreneurs and all that, I'd love to get to know more about you. So, where'd you grow up and what was your childhood like? Oh, I grew up in New Jersey, upstate New Jersey, New Jersey. It's <laughs> uh, so where I came from. Every once in a while, Jersey still comes out. I left there, though, as an early teenager. My parents moved us out to California, and um, my parents were tired of the winters and mm -hmm. said, let's go. And so off we went to California. And my dad, being a very brave man, quit his job, packed up, sold our house, packed up everything in a moving van and towed our other car and we drove across country. Wow. And he came out here without a job. And he was able then to find one right away. Uh, he was a, a plate maker in the uh, metal decorating, like your coffee cans. Mm. So he was a um, an hourly worker who worked really hard and progressed himself up. And so when he came out here, somebody had heard about him. They offered him a job running your plate department, and he said, "No, I've already done that. Do you have anything else?" <laughs> he really right. And so they said, "Well, we're looking for a junior salesperson." And so he, in his forties, he took on that role as a junior salesperson. And then later on, he decided that in that marketplace where he was selling to was the folding cart and packaging that they needed a really high quality, short run company. Mm. And he then formed Thorough Packaging in 1967. And that was the company that I came to work for as volunteer labor for a very long period of time. And then actually uh, got hired on, he hired me on uh, when he, the company was growing and he said, I need you to come to work for me full time. And I said, yeah, but my job pays me. And <laughs> so he offered me uh, my match, match the salary and I went to work there. And then several years later, my dad's health failed and I took over as president. Mm. So this is the type of packaging that we did. Oh, cool. Very nice high-end packaging for the medical, pharmaceutical, cosmetic, confection business. You probably heard of uh, Seas Candy. We did a lot of Seas Candy work over the last years. Seas Candy's um, great. I love their I stuff. <laughs> I know. They were really chintzy with samples, but that's okay. So how did you get started doing what you're doing today? I sold the company a couple years ago. Okay. And I took uh, some wonderful sabbatical time. Oh, okay. And it was wonderful. When the world opens up, I would highly recommend anybody to go to the Galapagos Islands. It was really beautiful there. And I did some other traveling up to Alaska and some really nice uh, trips. And then I decided it's time to get focused again. And here I am. Uh, my 
favorite slogan at work, and that's what I live by, was make dust. If you don't make dust, you eat dust. How do you be a leader? How do you be a leader? How do you be the leader in your field? Okay. I like that. Thank you. And that's where I decided I wanted to help people make dust. I really want to be able to be an encouragement uh, for business people, uh, especially women in business. I came from the manufacturing world. It's not always so easy in a woman in a man's world. Mm -hmm. So I really want to be able to help other women, particularly, or people in general, one person at a time to get over one obstacle after another to really be the best that they can be. One of my biggest joys in the company was to see people grow. When I took good over, there was probably about 25, 30 employees. Mm. When I sold the company, we had 175 employees. Wow. So we really grew, which was awesome, and we automated along the line. What was so great about it for me was to see people grow and develop to be the best that they can be. And so that's anywhere in life because we can all get stuck. Yeah. And we can all listen to the negative stuff that goes on in our head. Oh, that's so interesting. What did you see in that business that you had created and what made you decide to make the changes for the company that you now run, helping other people to make dust? Our business was very capital intensive mm. and the equipment was quite expensive. I say the last time I bought one of the printing presses, which was about $8 million, and when I signed on the purchase order, it was the day my deodorant quit. <laughs> I was really nervous. However, I knew it was the right thing to do. But going out there and buying an $8 million piece of equipment and seeing the financing that's going to go along with it and the debt that's going to go with it, it's it's gamble, but it's a calculated gamble that I think yeah. that I could control. So, I mean, do I like to go to Vegas? No, because I see the big fancy hotels that are bought by the people that are gambling. That's not a good risk, but being able to have confidence in yourself and your team that you can take that risk and do something really positive with it is, is great. And that's what we did. We bought the press and it was a good move. That's awesome. So one of the reasons I landed up deciding to sell is we needed another I felt another $10 million worth of a capital investment. Mm. And I really wasn't excited about signing for all of that at that time. So I decided that I wanted to sell the company and I wanted a strategic buyer, somebody mm. who would value our location, value our customers, value our employees. And that's what I did. And of uh, the three pieces of equipment that I wanted to buy, they bought every one of them and placed them exactly where I thought they should go. One of them, they didn't quite accessorize the way I would have done, but it was their money at that point. But sure. But they did that. So diving into that, what were some of the biggest mistakes that you feel like you made and what did you learn from them? Uh, or even uh, what mistakes have you seen in your coaching that you've learned from? Well, my coaching is really high can say it's it's newer but actually ever since i left i've had people reach out to me and ask me um questions and, and ask me to they just need to vent mm. and they need to be able to say i need guidance can you help me with this yeah you know because sometimes you get me i i get like <gasps> and really can't think clearly because you have all this stuff going on in your head yeah 
And so sometimes just being able to vent it out to somebody else, I really believe that most of us have our own answers in song. Mm. It's just how to extrapolate them and how to get them out there and be able to yield the results that we want. And it was so fun when I was talking to somebody the other day and they were telling me about a challenge they were having with their employer, their mm. boss, and how something else happened and how they reacted. And I said, do you just realize that you just took the leadership role there? Because the boss was saying he was being overwhelmed, totally overwhelmed by stuff. And she said, well, let's just take one step at a time. And, you know, she took the leadership role. That's awesome. I, I, I know. And so I told her, I said, congratulations, you just took the leadership role. Yeah, it's amazing how stuff like that can happen. Similar things happened to me in uh, when I was hired here at Harmon Brothers. I actually, uh, I was hired as a grunt level editor, um, but I had gotten my, my degree in advertising and I had worked at a couple other places before I came here. And uh, eventually the, the gal who hired me to come onto the team ended up leaving the director of Harmon Brothers University role. And uh, after that role was vacant for like six months or so, uh, there were debates in the company about what should we do with Harmon Brothers University? And then it really came down to, uh, I saw I saw what could be done. And so I just, I actually made a presentation <laughs> to, to the bosses, to Daniel and Benton. I said, this is what I wanna do. This is how we're gonna do it. Give me a year, give me a year and a half. And I think I can make a real dent in what the purpose is going to be. It's, it's one of those things that if you just care enough, if you put enough effort into what you're doing, then it doesn't feel like you're losing your soul. It feels like you're taking a chance on yourself instead. You are. You're taking a risk and you're taking a chance on yourself. And look how you've grown and developed to be where you are today. This is really the meat and potatoes of this segment. Um, there always seems to be somebody else doing better than you in any phase of any business, right? So we all know that like good artists create on their own or they'll borrow, but great artists steal. So what have you stolen and how have you made it your own for your own businesses? Oh, we call it shamelessly borrowing. <laughs> <laughs> uh, in manufacturing, there's something called 5S, sort, straighten, anyway, and uh, so I can't think of all five, but a lot of people have added the 6S, which is uh, um, steal shamelessly. Mm. In other words, it's stealing ideas and concepts. And what is so great about if you're in the right group with business that you can grow from each other and develop. And that's basically what you're asking. So I do, um, we sell to a lot of very large companies, our products. We manufacture yeah. products for them. Uh, Johnson Johnson, 3M, and those type of companies. And one of the things that they did is they would put us a very strategically plan, put us out to bid against each other, all the other folding cart companies. So bid on it bid on the box, you know, take this, whatever mm -hmm. the package we did and put it out to a group of people and a group of companies to bid on it. And they did yeah, it yeah. very structured and very organized. And as much as I uh, didn't care for that process, because <laughs> uh, it was very challenging and the way that they did it. However, I thought, you know what, let's learn from that. So we were able to pick up some pieces of business because of that. And it was great because there were pieces of business that fit us very well. The yeah. other part of it is that um, 
as in business, and I'm sure you've talked to a lot of people, there's ebbs and flows, there's ups and downs. And that's just the cycles. And then we have the economic cycles that go on. We had just been through one of those economic cycles that wasn't so fun. And at the same time, our bank had sold to a very, very large bank. Oh. And yes, exactly. So they put us in into another state uh, as a workout group. Mm. And my controller and I would have to meet with him on a regular basis just to go over things. And I always said after we would talk to him, that guy's tie is on just a little too tight. It's cutting off the circulation. I was so frustrated. But during that time, we were again getting stronger and getting better for where we were as a company. So I took what these large corporations developed and decided to shop our banking. Yeah. So what we did is we developed, uh, my controller and I developed the list of must-haves, general banking, payroll banking, uh, money markets. That's when money markets actually paid something, (laughs) you know, as far as interest, Um, a line of credit and equipment financing. And so we put all this uh, together and all these banks that had been soliciting us, we said, okay, here, are you, would you like to bid on our business? And they said, oh, absolutely we do. So they came in and I gave every one of them a tour. First of all, I told all the employees at um, a plant meeting, which we had regular plant meetings, that you're going to see a lot of suits walking through. Yeah. And the reason for that is because we're looking for a better banking situation. So they're all walking through. And our plant was very fascinating. It was a manufacturing facility. It was very clean. It was, it's fascinating to, to go and see um, how folding cartons are made. It's a really fascinating operation and it was fun to take people through. And yeah. so then we gave them their book at that point of, of the backup for everything over the last few years, that was before everything was so electronic. Mm-hmm. And we told them I was going to, good cop, Joanne, the controller was bad cop. <laughs> so if they had any certain questions they could ask me or certain questions they could ask her or vice versa. And one of the things that we wanted is I didn't want a personal line of credit, or excuse me, I didn't want a personal guarantee on the business, uh, which is really common, extremely right. common. And so that was one of the things, the criteria that there'd be no personal guarantee, that the company was strong enough on its own, had enough paid off assets that I didn't need to have a personal guarantee. Well, I think there was six banks that bid and Mm -hmm. only one, one bank came through and they offered us everything they wanted, including the fact that I didn't have to have a personal guarantee. I hadn't, if I hadn't had that bidding experience, a bidding war, whatever you want to call it, yeah. that I learned from the big guys, I learned how they did it, and I took it and used it and put us in a really nice situation. The right rates, the right everything. That's incredible. That I mean, that speaks volumes to be able to be patient enough to wait for six different banks to take tours of your facility. I was on a mission. (laughs) And then when we told the other bank that, oh, by the way, we're going to be leaving you. Oh, we were just going to be moving you to a local branch. And we said, well, too late. 
and um, they said, can we get you back? And we said, no, it was a good uh, success story. And yeah. people don't shop their banks. You'll shop insurance mm -hmm. and they'll shop other things, but they will not shop their bank. Why not? I don't see why not. I mean, it, it all comes down to whether or not that, that's what you need the most. Um, well, you don't know if your bank is the right size for you. Right. Sometimes as your company is growing, you might be outgrowing your bank. And then also asking your bank, you know, meeting with them. I, I'm a big believer in connections and, and developing those relationships. Being able to call the banker and say, hey, I'd like to buy you breakfast. They usually go, what? <laughs> they have a lot of experience and a lot of knowledge about what's going on in the local marketplace. What's going on? What do you hear? And getting that information from them is quite phenomenal. <laughs> it's not that they would um, be really um, giving out any trade secrets or anything else, but you're just right. asking them, like, what do you see? And, yeah. and you really get a lot of good information that way. Yeah, general trends are always always very, very helpful. You've been on a super huge scale, and now with your own coaching business, you're on a, a smaller scale than you used to be. How did you achieve efficiency with the old company, and how do you achieve it now, and how are they similar, and how are they different? Oh, well, that was uh, quite different. It was a manufacturing company with a lot of moving parts, a tremendous amount of moving parts, 175 employees, a lot of customers, and the whole world of, of, of manufacturing, which was great fun. So to be honest with you, this, I'm new to this world. And so what I went and I wanted to get my website up and going and I was stalling on it. And uh, I've been involved with Cal State Fullerton. It's a California State University in Fullerton. They mm -hmm. have quite an entrepreneurial department. And one of the things that they do is, is you can sign up with them to be a mentor or a mentee. In mm -hmm. the past, I've actually been a mentor mm -hmm. for them. So now what I did is actually I became a mentee. I said, help me, help me get going. And, and they did, it's been wonderful, a wonderful experience. And another thing that I liked about that is being able to share with the students that I was a mentor, now I'm a mentee, never quit learning. Always keep learning because there's so much to learn. So I, I, I love that shortcut of being able to reach out to other people. Um, do you have any suggestions that anywhere, like regardless of where somebody is uh, in the country, uh, where, where would you suggest going first for tips and tricks for uh, the run of the mill business? Well, actually I had the great privilege of writing a chapter in a book called Connections, The Next Currency. Mm. And I share in there the importance of having that connection with your bank not only your bank, but with your insurance company, with your CPA, with your attorney, and calling calling your CPA out once in a while and saying, hey, I'll buy you breakfast. I was like breakfast because, well, I'm an early morning person and mm. I really like breakfast and breakfast is cheaper than lunch, especially <laughs> if I'm buying, you know, let's be honest. Because <laughs> sure. I'd say, no, I am buying, I'm treating you. Yeah. And uh, again, to ask them, what do you see? What do you see what's going on? Uh, is there anything that you've known me for a long time, you know, my company for a long time? What, what tips could you give me? Is there something, you know, everybody has advice for somebody. That doesn't mean you're always going to take their advice, but that's okay to let it percolate. 
they have vested interests. They want you to grow and develop to be, you know, the best company that you can be. So it, it's, that was really um, helpful. Then also your local, um, either your trade association or your chamber of commerce. Oh, okay. Yeah, I think, I feel like those are resources that not a lot of people reach out to normally. No, we have a chamber of commerce here where my business was, which is in Corona. And they right now have weekly uh, meetings with different um, people, uh, legislative people, and they hear about different things at hospitals and talk about obviously the major topic of today. Yeah. And so many different uh, speakers that will talk and then they have some coaches that have come on and given some tips and such and they do that weekly and it's about an hour long and cool. uh, if you don't catch it then you can always catch it on your ride home oh because they record it they record it oh cool that's way cool yeah. so i think the chamber of commerce for usually the cost is minimal mm. and the connections that you can make and the tips and what you can learn is quite phenomenal Speaking of the, those kinds of support systems and whatnot, what's the biggest uh, challenge that you've had to overcome to date? Um, where do I start? <laughs> um, being a CEO of a manufacturing company for 36 years, um, buying out all my dad's shareholders, uh, mm -hmm. and then later on my mother, um, which was uh, really quite incredible. Uh, and the, the whole processes that have gone along with that Mm -hmm. I, I think um, one of the biggest challenges was my dad had a 25% shareholder who felt that women, he came from Europe and another, anyway, he felt that women did two things good, especially in a manufacturing company. One was the receptionist and the other was if it was a manufacturing facility, maybe they could do some assembly and that type of work. And gotcha. so when my dad got sick and I was made president, uh, he had a hard time with that. He used to give me a bad time at all the board of directors meetings. And then to the point where he said at one of the board of directors meeting that um, he accused me of stealing from the company. So I was like, what? And he had a proprietary item in, as his company and so very often if you have a proprietary item um you can make a lot more money sure. we had a service product we're a service company is really yeah. what we were you know a very um capital intensive service business is, is really what it was yeah and uh actually he was one of our customers and that's how my dad had met him when he uh, got the money so i often say that with my dad if, if my dad hadn't let him invest in the company or if he hadn't invested in the company I don't know if he would have succeeded. However, it really became very difficult with him there. So we had to have a certified public audit. And yeah. here we are, a couple million dollar company having a certified public audit. And of course, it had to be his people that would that did it. And I had never experienced anything like that. And like, wow, what is all this about? And all the questions. And I remember them saying to me, they came into my office one day and they said, what is that picture on that wall, you know, behind my desk? And I said, oh, and I had a receipt for it. It's like, I bought it at some inexpensive art store for like 50 bucks. And I said that, and I showed them the receipt and they went, oh. And they were trying to dig into finding something. So after that, 
um, I remember it cost me a thousand dollars to have him come to have the CPA firm come to the board of directors to tell them that for our size company, we had more checks and balances than any other company they'd ever seen. Well, most of that was my, what my dad had done. My dad had set up a lot of good procedures and then sure. I just kind of took it from there. So um, after my name was cleared, then he said uh, to the board, he said, well, I really feel sorry for any of the people that have to work for Janet. And I put my head down like this. My mother thought I started crying, but I was, I was trying not to laugh because he had already attacked my ethics. Now he was attacking my character. Um, and it was like, how low can you go? And that's what I was thinking, you know, like, what? So um, afterwards, my mother had said, let's all meet. And so we yeah. met with him and my mom didn't know, it, but I was actually in the process of trying to sell the company. And the reason I was is because my parents had everything that they had in that company. They had their house paid for, but that was it. They had no savings account. They had nothing. Mm -hmm. Everything was there. And so I really wanted to try to um, sell that so my mom would have something. My, my mom just played along. She didn't know I had been trying to do that. And so she, he said, well, um, for how much? And I gave him a number. And so he said, well, I might just buy it out. Well, obviously, you know the result. Um, after a few months, he decided that he would let us buy him out and that he would give us uh, three years to pay him off. And we walked out of the meeting and my mom said, wow, we have three years to pay him off. That's good news. I go, mom, I don't ever want to see him again. I don't want him around. <laughs> I said, we have certified public audit statements. I said, my, my oldest was in nursery school. Yeah. I said, when I drop him off at school tomorrow, you have on your best suit. I'm picking you up and we're talking to banks. Yeah. And we went to banks. I go back to banks, huh? So um, I go, we went to three different banks, gave them the statements and said, this is what we're trying to do. And they said, how do you want it structured? And I said, you're the bank, you give us proposals. And they did. Mm -hmm. And we moved all of our banking to, to one bank and we were able to buy him out. Wow. Years later, I worked up the courage to track him down uh -huh. and sent a letter inviting him to come and see the company. I wanted him to be able to see what I had done. Yeah. And um, apparently I was told that his health wasn't good at that time. And oh, so no. he declined. So, but it took me a long time to, to be able to want to do that. Yeah. The fact that you did feel that way speaks volumes about how you felt about your own company at that point. That's, yes. that's incredible. Yeah, so then uh, nine months after that, or a few months after that, a year after that, my mother said to me, okay, now it's time for you to buy me out. <laughs> I have like this much shares of stock. Sure. And um, it took nine months for the IRS to approve the buyout um, because it's a family business. Gotcha. And, and then uh, I, I bought my mom out and onward, we grew the company. A capital intensive company, even when we bought my mom out, it put us into negative retained earnings uh, for those accounting people. They know that that's not very good. Right. 
And um, I worked with our banks. Our banks knew what we were doing. I explained to them what we were doing. They understood why we were doing it. They managed to support us and we continued on. And I paid my mom off after 10 years. Wow. So it was good. I never missed a payment. There were a few times I go, okay, mom, here's your check. Don't cash it. <laughs> I'll tell you when you can. Okay. Yeah. So there were those times. Yes. We ran a, I tried to run a pretty tight shop over the company yeah. and, and grow. And um, uh, I lived comfortably, but not extravagant during all that period of time because sure. I would, um, I was investing. Another, this is, um, this popped in my mind. Um, we became a certified woman owned business. And I remember during one of the audits, they said, who is the highest paid person in the company? And I said, oh, my top salesperson. Mm. And they said, why not you? I said, why should it be me? I said, if he's bringing in good business, that's fine. I'm building the whole asset base. Mm. You know, and that's okay. I mean, there were years that um, we had a good year and I got a bonus and I did out earn him, but I didn't resent it because he was good. He was yeah. good at what he did. And I paid him for what he was doing. And I was able to continue to grow the company in a competitive marketplace. Oh, so this uh, person was right out of, uh, out of college mm -hmm. um, that was doing the audit. And she goes, that makes no sense to me. So I had to spend a little bit of time trying to educate her about why I did that. And I was comfortable with it. I was good. Yeah, I've only heard of a handful of other companies being comfortable with that same idea of basically their top salesperson doing so well that they can out earn the CEO. Um, and usually those companies have a very good longevity um, and a good hold in the marketplace for, for what they do as a result. Um, because their salesmen aren't—they're not quitting on them and whatnot. <laughs> right, um, right. Yeah, it just—it makes a lot of sense. Um, that story is fascinating, um, and it's very, very large scale. So now let's pair it back just a little bit with your coaching business that you have right now. What's the biggest challenge that you're overcoming today? Oh, actually, uh, getting the word out. And you know, getting—it was getting my website up because I really wanted um, to do it. And to be totally honest, there's a lot more successful people. I mean, why would anybody want to listen to me? It's part of what they call imposter syndrome. Mm, and, yeah. You know, I had to develop my own worth for this, even though that sounds um, silly. And I, however, that's what I think, especially women need that a little bit more. If there's two jobs or mm -hmm. a job and it's, it's offered to a man and it's offered to a woman. Mm -hmm. And they say to the man, can you handle that? Oh, absolutely. I can't, I can handle all of that. Mm -hmm. Maybe they can or can't, but they're saying they can't. A woman, sure. even though they have the same skills will say, you know, I got like 80% of it, but I'm sure I can do the other. It's that questioning that, that they've done. Mm -hmm. I, I went to a, a program with uh, a very large uh, financial organization where they said that they had actually asked questions of men and women about how savvy are you with investing? And the men ranked much higher than the women. Mm. And this is a general statement. I, I understand that. I'm not putting them down in any way, shape or form, but 
Sure. But men tend to be a little bit more moxie on that stuff and being, and anyway, then they did a little quiz that actually the women did better than the men. Mm. And as a result, so women tend to doubt themselves more. And yeah. I am one of those. And one of the, the goals that I have is to be able to help women not to doubt themselves so much, be able to take that step. And sometimes it is a little bit fearful. Yeah. You took a you took a step out there, and were you a hundred percent sure? No. <laughs> I mean, I knew it would work if we if we had the time in order to do it. It was whether or not yes. the the finances yeah. were all in place to be able to make it happen. I remember the day after I got elected as president of the company. I remember waking up and pulling the the sheets up over my head and going like, "What did I do? <laughs> what did I do?" <laughs> oh. But you can't focus on that and just do what, do it as it comes. And so when we, I just want to be able to help women own it. Yeah. Own their, own their power, own their strength. I love that. That is a very noble goal. So, okay, so who is an ideal client for you? Let's, let's help you get the word out. A businesswoman would be definitely somebody who owns their own business. Okay. And um, wants to be able to, get some more knowledge in general, or a manager, uh, a, a woman that can be, you know, maybe a, a manager in their field. What, what is the first step that you would want for them to take? Be transparent and open with me. You know, no BS. Yeah. This is where my financials are, and this is where I want to go, or whatever the challenge is. Just uh, be totally open and transparent. And this is my goal, and this, how, how do you suggest I achieve that goal? What are the steps necessary? Because everything you did, even what you did at Harmony, you took steps. Yeah. And when you planned your goal, there were steps that went with it. Sure. Organizing those steps, making sure the priorities are correct and moving forward. Okay, so now where, where can our audience go to find out more about you and your coaching services? Oh, I have a website now. Okay. <laughs> Makedust.com. And they can go there and uh, definitely look uh, for me there. I'm still building my social media and, and all, but um, but make dust. If you don't make dust, you eat dust. So how can you be a leader out there? That's what it all boils down to. And uh, I, I really also very focused on, you have to focus on your cash. Cash is so important in a business. And if you, I had just somebody reached out to me that um, they're putting together a, a company and they're getting, this person is getting involved with them. Mm -hmm. And um, I said, they said, what should I know about them? How much cash do they have? How long is that cash going to last them? And when they run out of cash, what are they going to do then? Because without money, um, it's hard. And yeah. it was very difficult for my dad when we first started, when I first started with him, we were factoring, uh, which is an expensive way for cash. Uh, then we graduated to accounts receivable financing <laughs> until the point where we were able to uh, pay all that off and then um, be moving right along and then uh, actually had a line of credit, which uh, also came in handy. And that came in really handy. Uh, we were actually, it was for Johnson & Johnson, we were bid on a big piece of business and they called me one day and they said, Jan, this is a big piece of business for you. Uh, and we're concerned that you're going to be able to have the supply chain to, you know, to get it going for all the materials and everything that you're going to have to get in advance. Sure. 
And uh, we called your bank and they said, you don't have a line of credit. And I said, oh, wow. Okay. I said, call them back and ask them, does thorough packaging have a line of credit? Do they have anything outstanding on the line of credit right now? Because we had the line of credit, but we didn't have anything outstanding on it. Gotcha. So the banker misinterpreted. And um, guess who got the contract? This gal. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. so cool. Well, Jane, I think you have a lot to offer in the world of uh, coaching services. I look forward to uh, staying in touch and, and seeing where things go from here. Uh, thank you so much for your time. Uh, and for those of you at home, please like and subscribe. Make sure to share this with your friends. Uh, if you know of anybody that uh, could benefit from these stories and also from, from Jan's uh, makedust.com, uh, let them know. And we'll see you next week. Want to learn the tricks of our trade? We have them all laid out in our courses on Harmon Brothers University. This isn't surface level stuff here. This is our entire playbook, all our secrets laid out in full, the same training we give our own employees. You'll find courses on ad buying, writing video scripts to sell your product or service, creating the kind of large production ads we're known for, even making short ads using nothing but your cell phone. If you're looking to use video marketing to take your business to the next level, Harmon Brothers University has the course for you. Our students have seen incredible growth in their businesses by implementing what they learned in our courses. Take these reviews as living proof. We've now got multiple campaigns that are in the millions of views and in the multiple millions of dollars in sales. Within a week, we're close to 10 million views, over a million in sales, and most impressively, we've covered 100% of the production costs in the first 24 hours of releasing it. We saw immediate results. Sales went up 10x the first day. The first video we did is over 30 million views. The most customers that we've ever acquired in a single month. I think we hit about 26,000 new customers. Go to HarmanBrothersUniversity.com to start accelerating your business's growth with video.